Welcome back to Round Guy Radio. We are in Hedrick, Iowa, Carl Craft Center, and we are at the Veterans Memorial Museum. Uh, and we're talking to Paul and Tommy, who, who are both uh, members of this. Uh, Paul Reese, right? Yes. And Tommy Smith. Smith. Okay, uh, Paul, uh, let me start with you. Uh, you. You were quite a bit involved in putting this fantastic museum together. Well, yeah, it uh, it all started with a parade that we had here, and that was in 2012. And uh, we had about several units in the parade, and it really went over big. We ended up going to four different parades that year, and on the day of the parade, we ended up getting the donated this group this building donated and we started working on it for the next week and, and uh, that's how it all started well tommy uh let me ask you about your involvement uh, uh have you been from the beginning of putting this together well kind of uh, not really paul is the one that's been putting it together mostly but what what had happened when he's talking about the parade i was mayor at the time and, and somebody came to me when he all had all these billboards here on wagons and stuff and somebody came to me and said this needs to be preserved and so I convinced the city council to donate this building this used to be the the alternative school the alternative high school and it was empty at the time so rather than tear it down why we decided to do this and and Paul ended up being in charge, I guess, and, uh, well, Paul, and, and by no choice of his own, really. <laughs> Paul, let me ask you a little bit about your, 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 your service to the country. Tell me a little bit about what years you were in and, and where you served. Well, I uh, served, went in the service in May of 1966, uh, did basic in Leonard Wood, and moved to, went on to California for AIT, and then back to Colorado, then I volunteered to go to Vietnam. And that's where I finished out, was in Vietnam, 67-68. Well, Tommy, let me ask you a little bit about your time in the service. Uh, I went in, in in 1969 into basic training at Fort Dix, New Jersey, uh, because Fort Leonard Wood at the time was full. And they didn't have any space for anybody. So oh, I ended up Fort Dix, and then I went from there to Fort Polk, Louisiana. And I was assigned a position at 94 B20, which was a cook. Went to Vietnam in 1970 and spent 10 months over there and got an early out because they were actually what they call a turn down and closing things up. So I ended up coming back home early. And I would have stationed at Ben Wall. Well, uh, we at Round Guy Radio, we like to talk to all the museums that we can, you know, uh, just a list of a few, you know, we've been to the John Wayne Museum, we've been to the Johnny Carson Birthplace Museum, we've been to the uh, Gothic Museum in Eldon, uh, the Czech and Slavic Museum in Cedar Rapids, the Westerheim Museum, uh, uh, the, uh, but some of the ones that I really enjoy, like the Carnegie Library in Fairfield, and just these smaller town libraries, uh, small town museums, have an immense amount of stuff. Iowa does museums, uh, they're just an incredible hidden gem. Uh, tell me about uh, how you started putting the things in there. Where did you acquire all of this? And our listeners kind of know uh, what, what's here if they ever get a chance to come see it. Well, it mainly started out just as pictures. We we did a big 
the churches and everybody in Hedrick and surrounding area just started bringing us with doing a salute to the veterans that in the parade. And this started out as pictures. And when they said they had the building, they asked me if I would be in charge. I said I would rather not be, but I'll help. Well, the next day or the first day of the thing, I became in charge. And and that's how that happened. Uh, but we got we got a lot of books, a lot of pictures. I think there's over 150 pictures here. And I just got another one a while ago, and I've got somebody's going to bring some more in. And but this is anybody that wants to honor their veteran family or friend, we'll do it here. We'll put their picture up and name on this board uh, that we have here with the names and. I don't know. It just it just boomed. It just kept going, and and people have donated stuff. I've went out and found some stuff, and I've got a lot more that when we get to the other building going, I'm gonna fill it. I'm afraid it's gonna be full. I've got a lot of stuff I can't put out right now. So. Well, Tom, let's talk to me a little bit about this expansion and how that's coming about. Expansion for this. This um, you said you're going to get a little more room. To we got a building next door. There's actually the old music room, the band room, was sitting on the next door, and they tore it down. So we had a slab of concrete over there, and we got grants from Kilcock County Endowment Foundation to build us a new building. We haven't done much to the interior of it, but there's going to be a lot, like Paul said. This is just a portion of what he's got stashed away in the place. So, like you said, that building will be full. What we'd like to do is have displays of each. each oh, anyway, war that went on, you know, well, that would be nice. It's kind of like all the idea they used to have. A, you got a military museum down in Branson, Missouri. And, and the different types of uniforms, how things change Well, Paul, you you definitely can't put much more into this this room than you've got. It is just literally literally packed. T tell our listeners some of the interesting things that are. Oh, we've got some uh, got some uh, World War One uh, bayonets, and uh, I found a package that I had bought. Uh, I don't remember where I got it. I remember buying it. I think it was up in an uh, antique mall, but it's German. I can't read a word on that stuff, and it's it's a kit with brushes and different things, and, and uh, we have some Silver War stuff, some shells, and shells, and we have what's left of a Springfield uh, rifle, and we've got World War One uniform, and several uniforms that cover several, like the Civil War. I've got a a picture of the Civil War veterans. I've got one of the Revolutionary War. That had to be a man I've got a picture of that. And, uh, I, I don't know. It's just so many things. There's uh, medical kits here and, and uh, first aid kits. And got some dummy grenades and practice grenades. And uh, it's just, it just really a lot of Stuff. Well, I was stationed in Germany for several years. I might be able to look over some of that and give you a, catch a word or two out of, out of yeah, what you got. 
I'm just guessing that it's German because I can't read it. <laughs> he's, got, he's also got some pictures over here of two brothers that are from here in Texas that both died in the Civil War prison. Andersonville? Yeah, I think it was that. Wasn't it Andersonville? Uh, was it Anderson, Anderson, Andersonville, Brill? I think it was. I'm not sure. Right I think it was. Well, I had a, a relative in the Andersonville prison myself. So I guess it's a small world. Paul, the, uh, one of the things that really catches my eye when I walk in here is the display of all the old classic uh, uniforms. Tell me about some of the uniforms. Well, Paul could probably tell you more about that than I Well, I've got World War II and there's a silver. I've got a World War I uniform. Form from a gentleman that lived around here in Fremont, uh, both of those places, and uh, I think, and I haven't talked to her yet, but I think that uniform belongs belonged to her grandpa, was a classmate of mine from Fremont, and, and I got to get a hold of her and make sure. But it's Earl Deitchley, is who it is, and I've got his picture in the pocket, and I've also got his picture on the board. Uh, over here, and uh, then there's some Navy, older Navy stuff, World War II, World War One. I've got some, some hats. Uh, it, it's not easy to find some of this stuff, but a lot of it's been donated. The uniforms, World War Two, and there's I probably got ten. Ten or better, or more in the other building. I just didn't have room for people to be able to walk through here. And I've also had a fort that came off the Missouri during the signing, the Japanese signing of the end of World War II. Uh, it's over there, and the gentleman is still alive. They got this fort. He witnessed the signing, and I've got his, this fort they donated to the museum. Uh, I don't. They're just. I've got a, a wooden leg from a guy that lost his leg in World War II. Quite a story uh, about him. And, uh, unfortunately, he, I never knew him. He passed away before I got the stuff, of course. And, but his family brought that to me, and I've got a... They couldn't find his original Purple Heart, but I found one in a, a flea market or in a antique ball that isn't signed so that I've got that purple heart and I put it with his picture even though it wasn't his but, it, uh, but that way people can see the purple heart. Well I think losing your leg qualify you for a purple heart anyway so it's not exactly a mismatch. Well Paul let me ask you this uh, since you were a cook in the military one of the reasons I came over today was because you had a buffet. Uh, Sunday buffet. Tell, tell our listeners about that, and uh, if they want to come over and see that, uh, when will their next chance be to do that? We, we started that on Palm Sunday in 2006, what we call it Sunday brunch. We call it the Palm Sunday brunch at that time, and then we, we've had Mother Day, Mother's Day, Grandparents' Day, and, and we used to do them just about almost once a month other than except for July and August, because that was a busy month for them having other things. This year marks 17 years we've been doing this. So, and the Veterans Brunch is always a big one. So this, this brunch was associated with Veterans Day? Yeah, yeah. this was the Veterans Brunch. So. Well, it was, it was outstanding. Well, 
Uh, your, your museum isn't open all the time, Paul. Tell us, our listeners, uh, when it is open and uh, how they can make an appointment to come in here. Uh, I did it when my, my kids were on uh, out for COVID out of school, and I wanted to keep them learning, and, and uh, you guys were gracious enough to open this up to let them see it. So let our listeners know how they can contact uh, and get an opportunity to see this museum. Well, right now I'm doing it by appointment pretty well only, but I whenever they have a brunch, I'm open. Uh, that's the way we've been doing it. Now, when they, if the brunches start going back in the cycle they used to, then it'll be what second Sunday of each month, I think it was. And I, during the COVID and everything, it just didn't work out. So I pretty well was shut down unless somebody called. And I'll open for one person. I've had uh, some uh, a gentleman that lives close to here. His family wouldn't know if they could come, and they spent probably an hour, an hour and a half here, just walking through and visiting. And uh, their boy was in Vietnam, and he was there with them, but he really went through some rough stuff, and he didn't like big in big crowds. But he really walked through and. and but I will open for one person, or however many. It don't matter. I had one guy from a tunnel come in. Uh, his wife was really crippled, and he was. And he stood here. I tried to get him to sit down, but he stood there probably for an hour and a half and visited me. I think I think he was a Korean veteran. I've got his picture, and with that many pictures, I don't remember all the stories connected to him. But anyway, uh, that's what I'm doing now. It's mostly appointments. And uh, uh, I, I've got these cards. And I'm going to give you a card. Okay. And that's my phone numbers. Do uh, you mind if I read these numbers out? No. Well, if you need to get a hold of, uh, you want to see this place, there's a cell phone number here you can call. 641-799-0448. That's Paul. You can get a hold of Paul. And he will, uh, he will come... Uh, He'll come open the door for you, it sounds like, or, yeah. or schedule someone that can if you're busy. If I can't be here, somebody can. Uh, I've got guys who have got keys that can come and get you in, and uh, it shouldn't be no problem. Even if I'm away at a distance, I can call somebody. Well, Tommy, uh, this seems to be more than a museum for veterans of, of Hedrick. Uh, it seems to be... Well, where, where else, what other, other towns around here do people put some we stuff in? We try to dub it kind of Tri-County Veterans Museum. We're right on the line here with Wapato County and Mahaska County, so anybody from any one of those towns is welcome to come up here and put their pictures up here, donate, leave stuff here. Most of the stuff, anybody wants it back, as Paul said before, anybody wants it back, can come in anytime and take back what they donated. So if you don't want to give up your stuff, but you'd like to uh, let it be uh, on display so people can see it for a while, uh, you could, you, you're welcome to do that. Tell me about some of the visitors. Where's some of the visitors, some of the furthest away visitors, or some visitors that you had that really made an impression? Well, I've had my cousin out of Chicago, or, excuse me, out of Colorado, and um, I've had um, 
my cousin out of Montana. I've had other people, my some relatives from Chicago's been here, and uh, I'd have to go through the board, but I've had people from around. And another thing, we did, as a Tri-County Museum, I won't turn a picture down or anything. I don't care how far away it is. Uh, I've got pictures here from people from Montana, Colorado, uh, all, all over. And, but I, I, I can't just, if somebody comes in, I'm gonna find a spot for that picture. Well, this is—it's everybody's uh, veterans museum. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a museum for everybody that's ever been a veteran. Everybody that has a story. Uh, Tommy, let, let me ask you uh, about maybe are there some veterans from Nota in this year Tri County area that uh, that you have a story about? Oh, I don't. Other than my my story that I told over there, I don't know whether you heard that or not about the cockroach. No, there's there's no really not any stories that I could think of. Well, Paul, do you know uh, of a story or? Oh, uh, I, I probably do. I'm just trying to think of of anything. Uh, I'm a transplant from Illinois. So I'm You're a transplant from Illinois. I've only been here for about 18 years, but I got involved in this with Paul. And, and, uh, so. Well, I know uh, Roger Freak's brother uh, died in Vietnam, and I know right. he was a big veteran. We lost him not very long ago, but uh, there were, I never met anyone with a greater service and dedication uh, to yeah. uh, veterans and veterans uh, services than him. Yeah, I've got Roger's picture here, and Roger's helped me a lot on different things. He he come to our Legion meetings, even though he's a member of Richland, and he was the first one up doing dishes. And I'm supposed to be the chaplain up there, but he does such a better job with the prayer before we ate that I kind of kind of miss him now when when it comes time to do that. He, he was such good, and but you find that with a lot of me. Uh, these guys will do stuff and 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 uh, everything. It's just uh, it's, I don't know. It's it, it's rewarding to me to be able to do this. I I always wanted to do something uh, because there's a lot of us, especially the Vietnam veterans, didn't get much of a welcome home. But that's not the only reason. I I've got you know, respect for all of them. I mean, I really do. Well, I, I was involved in the Vietnam Wall we put up in Richland. Heard a lot of stories there. It wasn't a, a, a tremendous, I think there was 77 guys that within a 30 mile radius of Richland that, that actually gave their life uh, up in Vietnam, uh, trying to defend what used to be a great country. Uh, well, do you, do you, I remember when you guys had the, the wall in, in Richland and I actually had some things that I had left there hoping that they would end up in Washington, D.C. And I even had my, this a bit, I don't remember what year it was there, but I couldn't carry out my draft card since I left the service. I left that draft card in plastic bag with some other stuff there. So hopefully it's on display in Washington, D.C. somewhere. Well, I can tell you what we did with all that stuff. We put it in a, a display. And we display it at the uh, library in Richland. It's actually downstairs. It was upstairs now, but it's downstairs. So if I went to the library in Richland, yeah, you see the stuff that you left and the stuff that everybody else left. There was a lot of really touching uh, memorials to people. Uh, you know, maybe maybe not people from Iowa, but people that people from Iowa served with that remembered that they that they lost their lives. Check that out. Well, uh, does either one of you guys have a last minute pitch on why someone should come here and see this fantastic museum? 
it's it's great. I mean, Paul has done such a good job of, of setting this up, and, and, and you won't regret it. I'll just say that. Well, I would agree with that. It's a very eye-opening. Paul, do you have any last-minute messages? Well, uh, you, you mentioned uh, veterans and uh, story. We have two veterans here, Vietnam veterans, that lost their lives in Vietnam. And I have their picture and their story here. One of them was a classmate of mine. Uh, he pat, he was shot and, and killed just a few months after I left. And uh, the, the main part of the story, part of the story is that he was a classmate and my, another classmate and I, we bumped into each other in Vietnam and I've got a picture of us visiting and I've also got a picture of him. Now, we didn't see him at that time, but uh, my class of 25 from Fremont, that included the girls, we figured up that at one time there was probably four, maybe five, of my class members that was on soil at the same time in Vietnam. And another interesting thing that I found after my mother passed away, she had a Vietnam map and wrote down where some of us Fremont people, not just my class, but Fremont people were at in Vietnam. And, uh, and I dated some of them, and I didn't know about that until she had passed away. And that's an interesting thing, it's especially the local people that knew my mother and family stuff. So that's just a few of the things that's here, the stories. There's a lot of stories. It's just too bad that uh, there ain't more people to tell. Well, we are losing them at a pretty alarming rate. Uh, I'll tell you a little story about when I was a kid. Uh, I was playing Little League and uh, uh, had a friend named John O'Dell. He was a catcher for the other team. And during the game, his family came and they took him off. Uh, and later we found out that it was because his uncle Dennis O'Dell was killed in small arms fire over in Vietnam. And uh, uh, the family had to all go to be together. But uh, uh, the kind of interesting thing about something, I, I once looked at a, a very famous painting of the, uh, it's, it's a picture of a soldier kind of uh, with his hand on the Vietnam wall. Mm -hmm. And as I looked, I could see Dennis O'Dell's name really? in that painting. Uh, it was, uh, it was uh, uh, very touching. Well, uh, I thank you guys both for being with us. And uh, uh, I like the... Uh, Oh, showing me a map here. Uh, well, well, thanks for being with us, guys. Is there anything else you want to say before we let you go? Um, All right. Well, we have we have another brunch probably in Mother's Day of '23. Uh, come on down, and have a good meal, and then you can actually come and see the museum yourself if you haven't been here before. And they don't spare no 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 dime on this meal. It's prime rib and ribs, and well, it's just really the fantastic. Veterans was. I usually plan the plan the meal, and the veterans is what inspired me to have. And, and all the veterans ate for free if they wanted to today. So. Well, it was a great thing, and thank you guys for doing everything you do.